Welcome to our podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Reese. In a world of deception, we want to help you discover true answers. Hey everybody, welcome back to True Answers Podcast with Reese and Rob. Um, as always, I'm sitting here next to my wonderful brother-in-law, Rob. Let's say hi to everybody. Hey everybody. <laughs> we're, um, we're actually getting ready to start uh, a multi-week series. So for the next couple weeks, we're going to put out podcasts based around the question, what is the church? So we're going to tackle that in um, some like sub pieces to try and answer that question because it's a big one. Uh, today we're going to talk about um, what is the church from the perspective of the bride of Christ because scripture talks a lot about um, the church being the bride. So we're going to talk about that today. Next week we're going to discuss the body, uh, the, the church being the body of Christ. Um, and then in some subsequent weeks we have some other ideas of what we want to cover. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into it. Um, we're going to start with a scripture. It's Revelation chapter 19, verses uh, 7 through 9. I'm reading in the New King James, so if anybody's tuning in on King James, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, but the New King James says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. So, first off, when we're talking about the church and talking about the bride of Christ, Revelation 19 is describing the church as making herself ready for uh, the, the marriage supper. And in verse 9, it actually says, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb, uh, which ultimately is when Jesus calls his church home. You know, Rob, I know um, we listen to Raymond Woodward talk mm -hmm. about the, the end times. Right. And uh, one of the things that he laid out, and th honestly, this was a little bit of a revelation for me, um, that if you believe in pre-trib rapture, right? So I say if you believe because there's a couple schools of thought around that, right? It's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-tribulation, um, meaning just the horrible persecution that the book of Revelation talks about. Some people, sorry, this is a long-winded explanation, but th this is for people who didn't grow up in church, right? I'm trying to get rid of the church lingo. We want to show what the church is to those who may not be familiar or who have preconceptions about a church. Right. We want to give you some true answers. Right. Exactly. So um, what I mean by pre-mid and post-tribulation is the book of Revelation describes a series of events that are catastrophic and, um, quite frankly, very nerve-wracking. Um, and pre-tribulation believers believe that the church is going to be taken out of the earth before those events unfold. Mid-tribulation believers say that the church is going to be taken out of the church or taken out of the earth in the middle of that. And post-tribulation is the church goes through all of it and then goes to meet Jesus at the end. But Brother Woodward 
was saying that when Jesus calls the church home, that is a separate event than the return of Christ, and it occurs before the tribulation happens. So that's why verse 9, at least in my opinion, says, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. It is a good thing to be taken out of the earth early to just be a part of the church while we're here so that we can go to that marriage supper before all those events of in Revelation unfold. Yeah, right now we're at the point where it says, and his wife had has made herself ready. So we're getting ready for that special day when God can say, finally, you are my people. You've been in my covenant. You've you followed what I've given to you in the word, and now come and enjoy the supper I've laid out for you. Come and see the place I've prepared for you. Mm-hmm. And you and I are going to go conquer in the earth. You and I are going to go display my glory. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, look, look at my beautiful bride. And the bride's going to say, look at the groom. Look at the king of the kingdom. Right. Yeah, that's a, a great way to describe it. So in talking about making yourself ready, there's a parable in Matthew chapter 25 that Jesus talks about. And it's, uh, we call it the parable of the ten virgins. Um, we're not going to read it for sake of time. It's about 13 verses right at the beginning of Matthew 25. Um, but for those of you who want to read it and study it, go look it up. Again, it's Matthew, uh, the book of Matthew chapter 25. Give us the skinny reason. Uh, yeah, so the breakdown is um, Jesus is talking about the church and talking about uh, the church is likened unto ten virgins. Now, there's a a cultural context that you have to understand with this scripture is that um, when you were engaged to somebody back then, uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of the same today. You know, you're you have an engagement and during that engagement, you're planning the wedding. Right. So like Tasha and I were married or were engaged for a year. How long were you and Tanya engaged for? Eight months. Eight months. Right. So during that eight month in your case, that eight-month time frame and the year time frame that Tasha and I were engaged for, um, we're talking about the wedding. We're planning. Um, you know, we're getting ready. Uh, I know you brought some points that you want to talk about uh, with the engagement, so I'll I'll let you explain that in just a minute. Yeah. Um, but we're planning uh, the wedding, and in that cultural context, essentially what what was going on is once the bridegroom the man proposed to the woman in that context in the cultural context here is that he would then go back uh, most of the time to his family's land and build an addition onto their property where they would the the husband and wife would get married and that's where they would live so that was like the preparation now this parable is speaking from the perspective of the virgins or the betrothed and how they were waiting in anticipation for the wedding and that they had prepared um, oil in their lamps because there was going to be a procession that walked by uh, during the evening time. And they didn't necessarily know when it was going to happen. Just like we don't know when Jesus is going to call the church home. It could be any moment. Right. Uh, But their job was to be ready so that when the procession began, they could light their lamps and join the procession and then go into the building uh, where they were having the marriage supper, um, and then ultimately where they would consummate their marriage. Um, I know I'm doing a lot of talking. I promise I'll let you talk in just a second, Rob. I just want to lay the foundation here. That's good. Um, so 
what happened though in this parable is that five virgins were wise, five were unwise. The five that were wise brought enough oil in their lamps to last them through their waiting period so they could get into the procession and ultimately make it uh, to consummate the marriage. The five unwise didn't pack enough oil, so they were not ready. Um, you know, so it's not surprising the marriage uh, procession began. The five wise lit their lamps and they joined the procession and the five unwise ran out of oil. And they said to the wise ones, why don't you just give us some of yours so we can all go? And the five wise said, not, we can't do that, uh, you know, because then we won't have enough for ourselves. So while the five unwise were running to the market to buy oil, uh, the, the procession went into the uh, the building, they began the feast and the five unwise showed up, said, hey, let us in. And the bridegroom answered, I don't know who you are, essentially. You weren't ready. You missed out. So sorry. Um, so we want to deal with the bride of Christ because this parable really shows, um, Rob and I were just talking about this, but it shows that um, that you can be a part of the church and miss the wedding procession, the marriage procession. You can be baptized in Jesus' name, repented of your sins, and be filled with the Holy Ghost, but still miss out if you don't live your life as if Jesus Christ can come back at any moment. There are some people that say, once saved, always saved. But we always have a choice in this life. It's mm -hmm. always our choice. God wants us to choose Him continually. Do you think the, the virgins had their lamps burning as they were waiting? Uh, probably because the, That's what I think too. yeah, because the, the scripture talks about how the wise or the unwise ran out of oil. Yeah. So it's like, how could they run out right. if it wasn't burning anyways? So I think it's like the church and the Holy Spirit was yeah. burning in them and they allowed it. We were supposed to always let our light shine, but they didn't prepare enough. They didn't continue to, you know, apply the oil and let the Holy Spirit burn long enough until the time came for. Mm -hmm. This is when God sees that Holy Spirit burning in us when he takes us. Right. That's a good point because the, the fire, the passion, just like with anything else in life, can go out mm. if you don't continue. Just like a fire pit, right? you got a fire pit, Rob. And sometimes we have fires. And if you just, you know this, you're an experienced pyromaniac. <laughs> <laughs> if you just let a fire burn, eventually it's going to go out. Right. Right. Like you, you have to take it. care of it. Exactly. It. You got to throw fuel on it. And that's, that's another part about being in the church in the facet of assembling together. Right. Because that helps us. Yes. I know there are people that say, well, the church is not a building. And that's very true. The church is not. And we're going to talk about that. Um, but that's one benefit of assembling together is that it's like an extra boost to that fire. It's like throwing on extra fuel, right? Because we should be praying every day, reading our Bible every day, and that's adding fuel to the fire. We should be speaking in tongues every day, right? Like that, again, just fuels the fire. Paul said, I think pastor mentioned this in his sermon on Sunday, but Paul even said, I speak, I speak in tongues more than everybody. I speak in tongues more than all of you. Because doing those things add fuel to the fire of those spiritual disciplines. But then when we have that ability to gather together collectively, right, like with 30, 40, 50, 500 other people that are worshiping God, 
that again just gives us another injection of fuel into that fire. And if we're not wise with our daily walk with God, the fire will burn out. And that's what happened with the unwise virgins. Yeah, it's it's each person's choice to be prepared and to be ready for his coming. You might be surrounded by, you know, nine other virgins and five of them are ready and four of them aren't. Um, and, and you might think you're ready, but you really got to know for yourself, have I... Have I done what God's word says? Am I prepared for his coming? Is, is the Holy Spirit continuing to work? Right. You know, there's a, a lyric. I really enjoy um, listening to guys like Lecrae and Andy Minio. And they catch a lot of flack because they're rap. But I I tell you, like, some of the stuff that they talk about, like, they deal with real life issues, like, in a very real way. And one of the lyrics from one of Andy Minio's songs, I can't even remember what the song is, but the lyric stays with me. It says, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And it, it's a call. He's talking, he's ultimately talking about the parable of the ten, the ten virgins. If you stay ready, like one of the wise ones, you don't have to rush to the market to buy fuel. You know, you don't have to rush to repent as Jesus is calling the church. You don't have to rush to, you know, get baptized in Jesus' name and get filled with the Holy Ghost and try and get your life all right as the church is being called home. It's like, right. why don't you just live every day so you don't have to worry about that stuff? Right? Like, just live like he could come back in the next second. Yeah, live for God hard and it'll be easy. Live for God easy and it's going to be hard. Yeah. So, Rob, I know you have some points. I wanted to make sure we got to that. Um so, yeah, let's let's talk about this, because I know you did a lot of studying about the Bride of Christ. Yeah, I was talking about our engagement. That's kind of where we are as right. the Bride of Christ, as the church, with our respect to, you know, the Lord's coming, where mm-hmm. we will be married, we'll be with Him in His presence forever, in a relationship with Him, you know, where He covers us with His glory, like it was in the beginning, mm-hmm. before the fall of man. So, I got some cool points. I'm just going to hit them hard and hit them fast. Um, Do Holy, it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance in Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. So it's like when God gives us the Holy Spirit, it's like him putting an engagement ring on our finger. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm engaged to you. Here's my first Ooh. gift. It's the earnest of what everything is that I'm going to have for you. Right. Um, I'm going to put a wedding band on you soon. But here is your engagement ring, the Holy Spirit. Dude, that just reminded me of a scripture. You yeah. keep going. I'm gonna. I'm looking it up right now. Okay, cool. So it's so exciting to be in that time of engagement. Found it. Cause, I've... cause there's so much anticipation, and it's so exciting, and you know what's coming, and you don't want to miss it. So what's that scripture? Um, this is in New King James. It's Second Corinthians chapter one. Uh, verses 21 and 22. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Mm. So this is what Rob is talking about um, with like a ring ultimately is a symbol. It's a seal. Yeah. It's a symbol of the marriage to come. And that's actually what Paul is talking about when he's writing to the Corinthian church in the second in his second letter there. Um, and he's saying that the Holy Ghost, the, the spirit that's in you, is that seal. And it's given to you as a guarantee that he's going to call you home one day. 
Yeah. That's, isn't it crazy to that think is. about the Holy Ghost in that perspective? That it is a guarantee mm. that Jesus Christ is coming back. So you need to you need to keep thinking about that ring, keep thinking about that right. promise, keep keep living in the Spirit, the Holy right. Spirit. Yeah. Right. That's so cool. Super cool. I love that scripture. Growing in that spirit until it's complete mm-hmm. at the coming of Christ. So I've got six um, fun points that I thought of when I thought of what I was doing when I was engaged. Mm-hmm. And it really applies spiritually um, for us. So one was preparing to move into God's city. Are you preparing to move into God's city on the wedding day? So, you know, are you packing your bags? Are you discarding some trash? You know, sometimes we've got to get rid of some things that we would be embarrassed to show our loved one. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Yeah. So we got to make sure that we're ready to move in. Yes, sir. Yeah. Also, let people know who your groom is. Mm -hmm. So if you want to look up a scripture, Acts 15, 4 talks about, you know, just show people who, who God is. Right. Like, this is my groom. This is the guy I'm going to marry. You said that's Acts 15 and 4? Yeah. Yeah, so we're talking about preparing to move into God's city for the wedding day is point number one. Did you want to read that? Uh, Yeah, um, Acts 15 and 4. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders. They reported all things that God had done with them. Yeah. In essence, introducing them to Jesus Christ. Right, right. This is what God did. Right. He, he gave me the Holy Spirit, the earnest of my inheritance. Right. So point number two, remain pure. Mm. Um, if you want to pull up a scripture, 2 Corinthians 11, 2. Yep. So remaining pure. Certainly, if you're engaged to somebody, please don't flirt with the boys next door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, it's true. It doesn't make, uh, as, as a man... Right, like I know we're talking about an engagement between God and the church, but just to try and bring it into our world, as a man, it doesn't feel really good, right, when the girl that you want to spend the rest of your life with is talking to other guys Looking in a around. flirtatious yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel good. And actually, in the Old Testament, that's, that's the point that God was trying to get the, mm. the nation of Israel to understand with the story of Hosea. Uh, making, asking, well, not asking, but telling Hosea, go marry a prostitute yeah. because this is going to be a symbol of how the nation of Israel, their relationship is with me. And they keep walking away. They keep, hmm. you know, going to other idols. And God says, yes. that's adultery. Yes. That's spiritual adult. You're walking out on me. Right. right? And and that same principle applies with the church today. So that scripture you wanted, Second um, Corinthians 11 and 2, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a uh, chaste virgin to Christ or a holy virgin to Christ. Yes. Remain pure. So point number three, get in shape. Um, Rob. (laughs) Okay. For everybody who doesn't know Rob, he is the most in shape person in the world. I am not. But... Dude could eat 300 pounds of food and lose two pounds. He's one of those guys, okay? Go so ahead. go ahead. Go ahead with your point. Go ahead. <laughs> Getting in shape. Well, well. I know. <laughs> Taking less. I know what you mean, bro. Take, yeah. Spiritually. Yes. Taking less of that fleshly food. Right. And work those spiritual muscles, those muscles yeah. of the spirit. 
For sure. You know, physically, the the woman, the bride wants to get married, she's got to do a little bit of effort to get into that wedding dress she picked up. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, my goodness. That is, know, that's true. We got to get At least it was true for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. But that, that actually, that brings up a good point. You need to be, um, even like physically, you need to be in a solid relationship with God when you get married to your spouse. Um, but in, in order to actually be invited to the marriage supper that's talked about in Revelation, you have to have a solid relationship with Jesus, which requires working out your faith because without faith, it's impossible to please him. It requires working out the communication muscle. Cause I'll be honest, I'm bad yeah. at communication, but, but we have to communicate, you know, like, so to your point, it's a valid point, even though you're, a rail and you're in shape. <laughs> yeah, get in shape spiritually for that wedding day. Right. Um, save up. You know, you want to offer something as a help financially, you know, whether it's the wedding, the honeymoon, the apartment, or the car. You know, he's really got the money. Mm-hmm. Our king is, is, you know, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. But right. we can show him we're invested too. Right. So, where your up. treasure is, there will your heart be mm-hmm. also. That's what scripture says. Right. So. Put some building materials up in heaven so that there's something there when you get there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'll be honest, though. I'd be perfectly fine living in a shack in heaven. But, you know, I, I understand the sentiment, right? Like, we do want to invest today. Right. We want to build up treasures in heaven, not just on the earth. Right. You know. Yeah. For sure. We're Roth. Roth. Moth Roth. and rust. <laughs> Moth and rust doth corrupt. <laughs> right. Yes. Let's see. Uh. Point five, keep talking. You mentioned this, Reese. Mm -hmm. You really want to make sure you know your groom before that wedding day. Yeah. And final point I have, six, learn what he expects. Can I I just go back to that, to keep talking? Yeah. There's um, a scripture that I always mention when talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, Let me find it. It's the vagabond Jews, the story of the vagabond Jews, I think. Yeah, communication's key. I realize now um, I had no idea what wait, I was wait, talking wait. about <laughs> when I was single. Oh, man, for and, sure. And my wife was much better of a communicator than I was. My my philosophy was act, don't speak. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it just didn't <laughs> work. Um, no, it's not. It wasn't the vagabond Jews. It's, it's actually Matthew 25, same chapter that the 10 virgins are mentioned. Yeah. Uh, towards the end, there's another parable. Um, and it says, uh, then the righteous will answer him. This is Matthew 25, verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, uh, or wait a second, wait a second. I think I'm getting mixed up, getting mixed up. Oh, man, you know what? Let's move on because I can't find this scripture. I know what it is. I can think about it. Uh, I'll find it in just a second. I'll come back to it. Go ahead. So point number six, learn what he expects. So marriage requires love from the groom and submission from the bride. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way it's designed. So it's important to learn what you'll need to submit to and obey and practice it before the vows are made. So we know we can already trust that God is going to love us because... Boy, has he loved us on this earth. Right. Boy, has he proven his love. I am not fearful to live with him forever. Right. So I know he's not just showing off and then he's going to slack off. No, he's he's invested. Right. So. 
Let's, um, communication. Okay, I found the scripture. All right. I wanted to make sure that I brought this up because um, this is actually, it's, it's talking about the end times. Um, and it's interesting to think about. So uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. That's where this comes from. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. If you don't have a relationship with God, you practice lawlessness. I think some of those people may have had some of a relationship with God enough for him to give them a gift that he wasn't going to just rip away out of their hands, but then they abandoned him. Exactly. That working, doing works in the name of Jesus Christ does not mean that you have a relationship with God. Yeah. And actually, uh, Andy Minio, again, to quote him, touches on this and says, uh, there's another lyric in one of his songs that he felt um, almost like to the point of guilt because he, in his words, he said, I talked about you, speaking of Jesus, I talked about you more than I talked to you. Mm. And that he said that with guilt, that he was doing the work, yeah. but wasn't necessarily maintaining the relationship with God. And the vagabond Jews thing that I was that I brought up earlier, um, that is also an example. Uh, it was a situation where the Jews tried to cast out this demon um, in the, I think they said something about in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches about. Mm. That's what they said. And the demon looked at him and goes, uh, maybe it was Peter, the who Peter preached. Whatever. I could be it's getting Paul. that mixed up. It, it's Paul. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the demons look at him and say, I know who Paul is, and I know who Jesus is, but who are you? Who are you? Basically saying, you don't have authority because you don't know mm. who Jesus is. Because they were saying, yeah, this is Jesus who Paul preached about. They didn't have a relationship with Jesus. They just knew about Jesus because Paul told them about Jesus. That and weren't under proper authority. Exactly, sure. exactly. So it's so important to have that. Yeah. Um, that, that communication. Relationship that, and yes. submission. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Can you look up one more scripture? Ephesians yeah. 5, 25 through 27. And as you do that, I'll just summarize these points real quick. Cool. Yeah, prepare to move into God's city on the wedding day. Remain pure. Get in shape. Save up. Keep talking to him with him and learn what he expects so it's exciting as the bride of christ we've got a big day the marriage supper of the lamb coming up yeah we do um you said it's ephesians 5 and verse 25 right through 27 through 27 husbands love your wives just as christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. Yeah. Mm. We want to be part of that. And that's just like what Revelation is was talking about, Revelation 19, that she was clothed in white linen. Yeah. And that linen was her works of righteousness. Yeah. And it's she was clothed really with the righteousness of Christ. Exactly. Because the blood covers. Right. Because we can't make ourselves righteous. It's, the the saying goes, we can we can't make ourselves holy, but we can certainly make ourselves unholy. Right, right. It's God who makes us holy, not us. Our righteousness is as filthy rakes to Him. Exactly, yeah. So, um, 
today we are just we were just answering one facet of what is the church, um, and and we discussed the bride of Christ. Next week we're going to talk about the body of Christ. Um, but thank you all so much for tuning in this week, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of True Answers. Rob and I have really enjoyed bringing this type of content to you. And we also wanted to let you know that you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other place that you receive your podcasts from. Thank you so much. God bless you and keep seeking for true answers.